Well, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Ryan Clayton Podcast. Thank you so much for joining uh, on this episode. This was a YouTube Live, and it was just a question and answer session, Um, but it was really awesome. We got into some really good conversations. There was a lot of good questions asked about training, about different races, uh, about um, some possible new video series that I think could be really cool to do uh, for people just trying to get into running. Uh, but as always, uh, there's the link to the video uh, version of this uh, that you can go check out because there are a couple sections where I was looking at something on a screen uh, with my training and I was kind of explaining uh, like how my training was going over the last uh, year. Uh, we went through kind of all of that. So check out that link to see the video version of this podcast uh, slash YouTube live But uh, with that said, uh, thank you guys so much for joining, and let's just get into the episode. Yeah, today, uh, like I said, just just kind of like tell you kind of how training's been going recently. Um, Just a short run today. Not whole, not a whole lot. I'm still like in the middle of like this transition uh, phase. Um, sorry, I'm turning my watch on silent right now. I'm trying to sell a few things. So there's a bunch of I'm getting a bunch of like Facebook messages. Uh, <laughs> I found that Facebook Messenger is like, or not Facebook Messenger, but Facebook Marketplace is like one of the best places to sell things. Uh, so I'm kind of like trying to like clean out a few things here in the office slash studio. And, um, just make some more space for making videos. And, uh, like I used to, this used to be a recording studio also, uh, kind of, that's actually, that's interesting. I don't know if I've ever really talked about that. Uh, but I used to, um, before I started doing YouTube, it was, I was very, uh, like I had a recording studio and recorded a bunch of different people, um, had, uh, some people from Indy, Chicago, did a lot of like rap stuff. Uh, me and a, me and a couple friends, we would, uh, we had this, uh, production company and we would write beats and, um, then we would have people come rap over them, which was pretty cool, but also did my own stuff. I had two albums on iTunes for a long time. <laughs> and then I actually just recently took them down because, uh, no one was downloading them anymore. They were like, they were like 10 years old. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm selling off a lot of the like recording studio stuff, uh, so that I can kind of make room for, um, like more like film production stuff and, uh, just having more space in this room. Cause this is one room in the house that, uh, is mine <laughs> and, uh, it's pretty small. <laughs> It's like a spare bedroom that I've basically turned into a YouTube studio. And uh, it also has all my running stuff and everything in here. So it's also my home office right now for working uh, at my day job. Uh, so, yeah, it's pretty uh, – it's a, it's, a, it's a good room, but it could use some extra space. So I've got like a full like 88-key weighted keyboard that I'm selling off and got some people messaging me trying to buy it. Uh, and then some other like recording gear and a desk and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, if you want to hear more about that kind of stuff, let me know. Uh, that'd be fun to kind of talk about. I haven't talked about that. I don't know if ever on YouTube, like, uh, what I used to do, uh, like as far as creativity wise before making videos. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, let's see. So yeah, 
all that said, I've been getting like a bunch of like messages all day today. Um, but we'll mute them for now because, uh, yeah, I don't need to. Uh, let's see who else we got here. We got Kevin White from Michigan, Braden or Will Stam from Eagle Creek. Awesome. So uh, Braden is here from Calgary, Alberta. Um, Ray is here from Ryan is here from Michigan. Brad's from Toronto. Uh, oh man, it's awesome. Ah, yes. Labe says Jackson County 50, 50 got canceled. Planning to do a solo 50 there on Saturday. That's awesome, man. Uh, I was actually kind of like thinking about, uh, going down there and doing like the 50 K. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, like I just haven't been able to, uh, not, I, I don't know if I, not haven't been able to, but haven't really had the desire to like jump back in so quickly to like the ultra training mindset. Uh, plus I've got like a little thing going on with my ankle. It's still going on and it's still just super annoying. Um, but it's like this, it just gets like, like totally randomly during certain runs, I'll just get like really tight, like right around, uh, it's like on the inside of my ankle. Uh, and keep trying to loosen it up, but it's from no business. It has something to do with the Hills and all of that. It just strained something down there. And I don't know. It honestly feels like it's like something's like stuck in my ankle and it needs to just like loosen up and break free. But, uh, yeah, there's Jackson County 50, 50 is one of the final races, uh, in the Midwest in Indiana and it just got canceled. So yeah, Labe, uh, good luck going down there. Those are some pretty serious hills in this place. They don't like, they don't, uh, believe in switchbacks here in this part of the country. And so it's just straight up every hill and straight down every hill. Uh, and some of that stuff can get pretty steep, but also I had a friend that was going to go do it. Um, do the 50 K he actually won it two years ago and he was going back to try and win it again this year. But Instead, he's going for an FKT on the Wabash Heritage Trail, which is really close to my house, which is awesome. He's borrowing one of my watches, too. Because, uh, yeah, he's like this super fast runner, and he uses a like a Casio watch on all his runs. And I was like, if you're going to do an FKT, like, you have to have some sort of GPS watch to back it up. So... Let him borrow my Coros Vertex, and he's been loving it. Um, speaking of watches, did anybody get a Black Friday deal or anything? Cyber Monday. I know Garmin had their 935 on a huge sale. It's like 50% off or something. And they've they've like always got the, uh, what is it, like the 265 or something, 245, something like that. That's like almost always on a sale for like 150 bucks. So... Uh, yeah, Aaron Townsend said, when's your, when you drop in the next album? Uh, I don't know. Probably never. Maybe. No, I can't say that. Um, eventually I'll get back into it, but yeah, right now, just with the several different jobs that I have, um, writing music is one of the things that just kind of had to go. But I mean, I chose to like getting into filmmaking and YouTube and documentary sort of stuff is uh, incredibly exciting for me right now. So I'm loving it right now. Uh, yeah, what was your rap name? MC Clayton, DJ Trail? No, I don't know if I had any. I didn't think I... I didn't have a rap name. 
Um, and I actually didn't do any of the rapping. Uh, I did some of the, like the singing on like background vocals and stuff. Um, and then writing all the beats and everything, uh, me and a buddy did. Um, yeah. Uh, Bradley says that the Phoenix is $150 off also. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, let me see if I can make this. These fonts got a little bit uh, messed up. So make the names a little bit bigger. Good evening, Sarah O from uh, California. This time of year, I'm glad I'm running in California. Yes, I would love to be running in California as well. Uh, David O, oh, here's a good sale. David Anderson says that he got a pair of Olympus 4s uh, for $50 off. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't. I didn't really pay attention to like shoe sales or anything this year. Um, but yeah, I know that Ultra was running like a bunch of uh, like marketing stuff, but I didn't see if they had any sales or anything going on. But, ooh, this is good. Liam is asking for a Garmin two forty five for Christmas. Currently running with the Apple Watch Series three, but decided to want a better running watch. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Like, I mean, the Apple Watch is great for, like, daily runs. That's what I use. Uh, and I really I really love it, especially for just the ease of having all your music or podcasts or audiobooks. Although recently, uh, Audible, like, I don't know if it was, I don't know, but, like, as soon as I put out my video uh, a couple days ago about the Audible, uh, like, the Black Friday thing, and I p- talked about Audible, uh, all of a sudden, like my watch wouldn't sync to the Audible app anymore. And so I have none of my books on my Apple Watch anymore. I don't know if it has to do with like space on my Apple Watch or what, but it was like literally the day after, like all the audiobooks were gone. But I've got a ton of music on there and stuff. So that's one of the reasons uh, why some of my, the last couple runs have been like close to that seven minute pace <laughs> uh, because I've been listening to music a lot on these runs. And just honestly, like the last, the last couple of weeks have just been zero structure. Um, when I'm walking out the door for a run, I have no idea how far I'm going to run, how long I'm going to run, uh, how, what pace I'm going to run. I'm not looking at my heart rate. I'm not looking at my, I mean, I'm kind of looking at my pace, just kind of, just kind of, you know, is that like, you're curious, you look at your pace a little bit. Uh, but yeah, zero structure over the last couple of weeks. And it's been really nice, um, but also it's been really tough not having um, like something like to work towards. Uh, and so that's why I'm really excited that uh, starting Sunday, maybe either Saturday or Sunday, probably probably Saturday uh, is when I'm going to start. I'm going to do a track test uh, for the start of this next season. And that's pretty exciting. I mean, it's always exciting when, I mean, I love that kind of stuff. Like I love going and testing myself. Um, but this is going to be like a baseline fitness test and, um, I should, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to be in a pretty good place, um, because I don't feel like over the last seven weeks, I've really lost that much, uh, fitness from no business. I mean, actually let's pull up, let's just pull up my, uh, dashboard. Let's see here. What we got up here. There we go. You see me? You can see the dashboard. Okay, cool. 
So this is where this is where we're at. Let's uh, pop this guy open right here. Uh, so this is, as you can see, turn the pip off. Uh, this is a year ago exactly. This chart shows a whole year. This is my training for Cruel Jewel, and then that's kind of like when uh, uh, COVID shut down everything, and then honestly didn't ramp ramp up as much as I thought I was going to. Uh, leading up into no business. Uh, it was just kind of because I wasn't doing any intensity. And so uh, when your, your CTL, your chronic training load, uh, really, it really spikes when you do a lot of intensity. Um, that's when you gain a ton of fitness. But if you're just doing a lot of like really long, slow, like base miles, it doesn't ramp up as fast. So that's kind of why the last maybe two months before no business didn't ramp up very high. And then that was no business. And then this has been since no business, but as you can see like my, uh, fitness chronic training load is right at 50 right now. And if we go back like that would be, uh, somewhere around like, uh, end of January, beginning of February. Uh, so I'm in a really good place, <clears throat> much better fitness than I was exactly a year ago. Uh, so I'm really excited for this buildup for Cruel Jewel because I'll be starting um, two months ahead of two months ahead of where I was, pretty much. Um, I don't know if maybe I'm maybe I'm being confusing with this, uh, but if you like, if we're looking at my fitness right now, chronic training load 50, uh, beginning of December. And I wasn't at that until the end of January last year. So uh, pretty pumped about that um, to be starting training from Cruel Jewel from like a chronic training load of 50. Uh, the goal is always to get as close to 100 as you can get um, right before a race. So pretty excited about that. If I close this, this is just kind of like shows uh, some of the time and zones. Like if you look at this, uh, this is my zone one, zone two, zone three over the last 90 days. So obviously I have not been doing a whole lot of high intensity efforts over the last 90 days. It's been pretty much all like zone one, zone two, um, for all of this stuff. So that's that, that's kind of like where my fitness is right now. Um, but like I said, pretty excited to be starting the season, um, in a much, much better place than I was last year. Um, and then the fitness test. Oh, I wanted to tell you guys about what the test is. Let's see if I have any questions first. Because I don't, I want to answer questions uh, and make sure that a lot of these questions don't get too old because I know that people can't stick around for the whole thing. So uh, let's see. Brandon, Brendan Ferrara says, How much sleep? do you need after a hundred mile race? Like how many days until you can go back to working a normal life? Um, that really highly depends on, uh, a couple different things. Number one, what type of hundred miler it was, how long you were out there. And then also what your experience level in them is. Uh, so for like, if you're, say you're doing like a hard rock qualifier or a big mountain race, like, uh, it's going to take you 35 to 40 hours, something like that. It's going to take a lot longer uh, to bounce back from uh, than a race that takes you maybe 24 hours or 20 hours. Uh, and that's just simply because of the like uh, the stress on your body. Uh, your 
going to be able to bounce back a lot quicker if you've been out there less, un- unless on, un- you know, you could swing it the other way if your intensity was much higher. But for me, I think, uh, I was going to see if I could look in my training peaks and see if there's any actual data that we could look at for how quickly I bounced back. But, um, I know that, um, as far as like working, going back to work, like maybe give yourself like two or three days. Um, and you should be like able to like do a job if you're sitting in an office. Uh, but if you're, if you have a highly like physically demanding job, I would give it maybe a couple more days. Um, but depending on, depending on how, how hard your race was, uh, you can probably go back to work after a couple days, but your sleep, uh, that seemed to, for me, it always kind of resets on that second night. The first night of sleep, I never get good sleep. Um, I'm up every, or I'm awake every 30 to 40 minutes, it seems, just with like cramps or something going on, some some pain in my foot or something is happening uh, where I just cannot sleep that first night. Second night, I always get a little bit better sleep. Uh, but yeah, I never, I mean... <laughs> probably honestly be better to ask my wife this question, uh, how quickly I bounce back after a race. Uh, cause she probably have a different opinion than I do. <laughs> uh, but I would say like a normal, decent, like normal life or normal work a couple days and you'd be back to that running. It took me, it took me a good solid two weeks before I felt, uh, like my, um, before I felt like that my heart was really back to normal, like my legs and everything seemed to bounce back after about a week or so. I felt like I could go out and uh, get a decent run in. I, I definitely didn't feel like I had like my full range of motion coordination until about two weeks. But uh, I noticed like my heart rate uh, would uh, just, it would, it would just fluctuate a lot during runs for the first two weeks. And it wasn't until about the, two and a half to three weeks after that, it really kind of started to come back to normal to what I was used to. Um, Matthew asked, do you have any Bigfoot 200 tips? Uh, that's a, that's a tough, tough race. Um, I would say like, um, definitely have plenty in every drop bag, or if you have a crew, just have tons of different, tons of socks, tons of, uh, different types of clothes, like really, really good, uh, like rain gear. Uh, I would say that don't skimp on your rain gear. Uh, have a couple pairs of shoes. Um, cause Bigfoot 200, even if it's not raining, there's a lot of stream crossings. Um, some sections it's just like every mile or so you got a stream crossing. Uh, so you get your feet are going to be wet. Um, and then it did rain quite a bit that area of the country. Um, it's just, rainier than other areas of the country. So I'd say be ready for that. Um, but yeah, eat a lot, take your time at aid stations, get some good food. Uh, you're going to be spending, I don't know, five, 6,000 calories a day while you're out there and you're going to be out there for four or five days. I guess the limit would be five days. So Douglas Hall says, got the Jaybird Vistas visiting the in-laws in Florida in two weeks and running a 50k super psyched to run an actual race nice that's awesome man uh good pickup with the jaybird vistas those are really good headphones 
Plus 33 says fitness test <laughs> brings back bad memories from high school cross country. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. And it, it's a running test. It's not, it's not like a, a high school physical education, uh, fitness test where you like see how far you can stretch and how many pull-ups you can do and everything. Um, this is, so the actual test, the way it goes is it's like a warm up. uh, usually like maybe like 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes of just kind of like loose jogging. Um, just like really making sure that, uh, and that includes like a dynamic warm up. So stand on the side of the track. I always go to a track for this. Uh, stand on the side of the track, do some like leg swings, uh, some stretches, uh, you know, run like really, really easy pace. 20 or 30 minutes, just get really warmed up. And then in those last like five minutes, uh, you're kind of starting to ramp up uh, your pace. And at the 30 minute mark, um, like you hit your lap button on your watch and hopefully you have a watch that can uh measure your laps uh outside of your miles uh and this might be kind of confusing but some watches lap on every mile uh and they if you hit the lap button it just creates a new lap but then it'll auto lap again a mile after you hit that button um I actually think, I think Koros does that. Um, and there's some other watches, but like Sunto, Polar, I believe Garmin too. They've got kind of like two separate uh, lap tracks, you could call it. So that when you import it into Training Peaks, you can see like your mile splits, but then you can also see when, you can, you can also see the times that you've hit the lap button. So you want your first section to be 30 minutes and then you can need a 10 minute section and a 20 minute section. So you need to look at all three of those. Uh, so yeah, halfway point you hit your lap button and you do a 10 minute. It's like the race has started and you're, you're doing a 30 minute race. The point is to run as fast as you can for 30 minutes without really slowing down at the end. Uh, so you kind of got to try and pick a pace that, you know, like, uh, maybe a little bit slower than your 5k pace, uh, something like that. <clears throat> and 10 minutes into that, uh, you hit your lap button again. So now you're 40 minutes into the workout. And then the last 20 minutes is just an all out race. And that's where your, uh, that's where all the data is going to come from. Uh, and, um, you don't want to race anybody. You don't want to do this in a race. This has to be by yourself because um, you'll run a lot faster uh, if you're actually in a race. Uh, so then you're taking that data from the last 20 minutes and you're setting all your zones, your heart rate zones after that. Um, and there's other ways to do uh, this type of test to find your heart rate zones and your power zones. Um, but that's pretty much, I mean, it's very similar to like an FTP test on a bike. Um, this is actually... Um, Joe Friel is the one that I don't know if he actually developed the test, but he popularized it uh, in several books that he's written. Um, David Anderson says, are you writing your own programming for your next race? Or do you have a coach doing that for you? Um, I don't have a coach. I've always written my own plans. Um, I, have like all of the knowledge and everything I need. Uh, cause I am a coach myself and I have athletes, uh, and I write all their plans for them. Um, but 
I would definitely benefit from having a coach. Um, but I am the type of personality I am. Like I can write a plan and stick to it as if I had a coach. Uh, like once I, once I write a plan, like it's set in stone, (laughs) like I have to do that. Uh, so having a coach, uh, is like the things that I would probably benefit from by having a coach would be, uh, making decisions. Um, I think when, when you're in the moment, you make decisions differently than when you're on the outside looking in. Uh, so a coach could probably, um, you know, have a different perspective on my training, but yeah, I don't actually have a coach. I just write my own plans for myself. Um, Sarah O asked a question. I might have missed it, but what are you training for next? What changes are you making from previous training plans? Good question. Uh, so the big goal for next year is the Cruel Jewel 100. And that's a 100-mile trail ultramarathon in Georgia. And it's got 33,000 feet of elevation gain, vertical gain, uh, and 33,000 feet of descent. <laughs> Um, it's, it's on some of the same trails as the Georgia death race. Like, I think it's something called like the dragon spine or, uh, something like that where it's just like, it's similar trails to, uh, like there's no switchbacks. Like it's just straight up, straight down. Um, not super tall mountains, but just a lot of climbing, like never, never flat running. Um, so really excited about that. I was actually signed up for it last year. Um, but it got canceled. So that's in May, middle of May and like five weeks or six weeks before that. Um, I'm also signed up for a 50 K that's a really tough 50 K here in Indiana called the OPSF. Uh, they're not doing the 50 miler this year. Um, they're only doing a 50 K. So I've signed up for that. And then I actually haven't signed up for this yet, but I was like, I was going to do it today, um, but uh, the Indiana Trail 100 in October, I'll sign up for that one too. Um, I've actually never done that. I've volunteered at it twice and I've paced at it once. Uh, it's a great race. Um, I really love that race. I've just never done it before. Uh, and I'll probably pick something in the summer. Uh, might possibly be uh, going, uh, we'll see. I don't know. I might be going out to California for a race in June, um, uh, Western States. Um, but we'll see, we'll see about plans for that. I'm not totally sure right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, that would be to like crew and pace, but I'd really like to do, I'd like to do a hundred mile in the summer too. So possibly like possibly, uh, just depending on how things look in the summer. I mean, hopefully by then we'll be, you know, back to normal. Um, so burning river is an option. Uh, Mohican would be an option again. I would love to go do that race again as well. Uh, but yeah, pretty much, um, pretty much just, uh, cruel jewel 100 is what I'm focused on right now. Aaron Townsend said, I just did a 27 hours on a hundred miler two weeks ago, finished, uh, on a Sunday at noon, went to work the next day. 
<laughs> was not a good day to be on the feet. Yeah, I could imagine that. That's pretty. That's a pretty tight turnaround right there. Um, yeah. Do you have a favorite time of year to run a hundred miler or run in general? I like the fall uh, right before, like as the leaves are changing and right before all the leaves fall. Uh, So you get kind of like that cooler weather, but you still have also just like still really clear trails and really good. um, Like it's usually not, it's usually the weather is usually just kind of like perfect right around that time of year. Uh, No business was like maybe a week or two later than like that perfect time because the trails were just like covered with leaves. Um, but yeah, those are my that's my favorite time of the year to run uh, for sure. So yeah, we'll see. Um, what else you guys want to talk about? Oh, I got um, so I got um, just today, and I wanted to see if you any of you guys had ever used uh, like a mechanical keyboard? I haven't even opened this yet because it just came like UPS, like just dropped it off. Actually, I think DoorDash dropped it off. Um, I think DoorDash is like um, being hired by UPS right now. Um, but I, on a Black Friday deal, this is the keyboard that uh, MBKHD, MBK, MK, MKBHD <laughs> uh, recommends. Uh, so I'm going to try out this mechanical keyboard. I've never, never had a mechanical keyboard before. Um, I actually got the, I actually got two different ones. Um, the red keys and the brown keys. Uh, they were both on a pretty, I mean, obviously it was Black Friday sale. Um, so has any, any of you guys ever used, uh, mechanical keyboards? Um, yeah, let me know. The leafy bean yoga says what is your wall you hit when you run 100 milers i know for my marathons they say 20 miles uh yeah probably same 20 miles <laughs> uh no i don't know um that's a good question i think for there's like 100 milers are weird uh because it's you don't like you there's a the physical wall that a lot of people hit. Um, it's just all over the place. It's really, really different. And there's several of them. Like usually during a hundred miler, there'll be three or four times where you're just like, like you feel like you've totally hit a, a physical wall that you're just, you're not going any farther. And for me that sometimes happens around like mile 40 to 50 and it has a lot to do with like my mental state as well, because that's right before the halfway point. And at that point you've already been going for like 10, 11, 12 hours and you're just feeling absolutely awful. Uh, a lot of times, I mean, like your legs are, your legs are trashed by that point. Um, and you're just, if you haven't been eating well, like you're, you're going to be in a really bad place. So for me, it just like, I usually hit somewhere in between that 40 to 50 miles. Uh, I just kind of have this, uh, mental, I guess, wall where it's just like, oh my gosh, like I, I'm not even halfway there. Uh, 
but then once you get over that hump and you keep going, uh, it gets a little bit better, but yeah, it's just kind of like another one for me, I guess a wall would be, uh, like when I hit the, like those stretches during the middle of the night where the sleep deprivation is really messing with me. Like when I start, when you start to fall asleep while you're running <laughs> or, uh, like hiking always gets me too. uh, the nighttime from like, I would say, I would say from typically it's from like midnight to four is the sleepiest time. But like my most recent hundred at no business, I started like getting like that sleepy feeling around like 9 PM. And that was super scary for me because I was like, Oh my gosh, if this is hitting like four or five hours before it should be hitting, uh, that's really not good. And so, kind of had a little, you know, freaked out a little bit there, but yeah, like, um, even, even during a 50 mile, like I remember I was pacing, I was pacing John at Leadville and it was like four o'clock in the morning and we were climbing up. Uh, I forgot the name of that. I forgot the name of the climb. It's a famous climb power line. Uh, we were climbing up power line and it took, it took probably like two or three hours to do this climb. And I just remember like I do, I, I couldn't do anything to stop myself from falling asleep as I was hiking up this climb. Uh, I just kept like f- falling backwards. And as soon as you lose your balance, you wake up, but, uh, just couldn't do anything. Uh, we just like s- swerving left and right. Uh, so that's probably like, that's probably one of the harder times for me. And I feel like, uh, I can get over that by doing more running. Uh, but a lot of times you can't do so much running, uh, in the middle of the night like that. And then, yeah, once you get, once you get closer to like the, like once you get past about 75 miles, uh, that's like kind of the last, I would say for me, uh, mental wall. Um, because, it's just like once you once you get past seventy five, you're like, okay, less than a marathon. Uh, I can do less than a marathon. I can just keep going, even if I walk the rest of this thing, I'm gonna finish. Uh, but yeah, I would say most of most of the walls in a hundred miler are mental because you get past like you're physically you're physically exhausted and physically uh, just totally spent after you know, 30 miles or so, uh, your legs are just, your legs are trashed by then anyway. So, uh, let's see here. Dodd C says, can you ever see yourself taking on the triple crown? Uh, so I assume you're talking about the triple crown of two hundreds and I don't at this point, no. Uh, and it's simply because the races are just uh, they take so long to to do them uh, because you've got a day or two of travel on the front and a day or two on the on the back, and the races are four to five days long themselves. And so you're looking at like you got to take off like two weeks, like just to do one of those races. I mean, you could you could do it a lot differently. Um, when I was just going out and filming, uh, like I was flying out on a, uh, flying out on a Thursday 
and then the race started on Friday, and then I would fly back on a Tuesday after the race finished on Monday, uh, and then go back to work on Wednesday. So I was only taking a week off, but it was still a full week of vacation time just to go film. And if I was running, like I would probably take at least another day or two on each side, uh, especially just to, just to relax and like see the, see some more of the area. Uh, cause if you're spending that much, I mean, the race entry fees are like over a thousand dollars themselves. And then you got like, you're probably going to pay for your crew to come out, uh, lots of flights and everything. So just, they're super expensive. So you want to probably make a vacation out of it. Um, and then, yeah, when it's all said and done, uh, it's just, it's a lot of money and a lot of time. And I don't have either of those <laughs> right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, hundred milers are a lot different because you can be in and out in four days max. Uh, if you wanted to, uh, you could, you can do it a lot quicker than that. Um, I think, I think most like for, yeah, no business. It started on Friday. Uh, I worked up until Wednesday, just took Thursday and Friday off and then went back to work on Monday. So I think I took two days off, uh, for no business. That's typically what I'll do. Sometimes I'll take that Monday off if there's more travel, but this was just like a seven hour drive. So it wasn't too bad. Uh, let's see. Dalen says my favorite live stream. Nice. Just picked up the Garmin Phoenix six today and prepped for my 50 miler in DEC thoughts on the Phoenix six. Uh, that's a really good watch. You got a good watch, man. Um, it's, uh, the battery life is pretty good. 40 hours, I think is what they advertise for it. Uh, it's the most advanced, uh, smartwatch out or not smartwatch but most advanced uh gps watch out there uh well that and like the 945 are pretty much the same but phoenix 6 like you could um you could i mean that's that thing's a beast like you could run over that with your truck and it'd be fine uh okay so matthew uh markowitz says okay what mentality would you choose david goggins or david roche you can only choose one. Um, that's a tough one. Probably David Roche. Uh, Goggins is just, he's, he's so much. He's, he's, he's so just so much. <laughs> that's all I'll say. I like the guy a lot. Um, every once in a while, like if I'm, if I really need to be pumped up, like I'll watch a, one of his videos, uh, that I've got like saved on a, in a playlist or whatever, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's a lot. Um, oh no. Uh, Hakiri says, I'm tired of running. Good morning in Indonesia. All right. Uh, good morning from Indonesia. Um, plus 33 says starting a new running streak. Um, I don't like, I've purposely taken, I've purposely tried not to, We'll just say that. Uh, the last couple Mondays, uh, I have specifically done just a stability workout, and I've been really happy with that. Like, part of me really wants to do another run streak, um, but part of me is uh, just kind of wants to just take my time right now. Uh, I probably will eventually, 
maybe at the start of training, maybe, maybe starting this weekend. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, I just really want to make sure that I'm not, uh, I really want to make sure during this transitional period that I'm doing all of my workouts, uh, just like, um, with very little, uh, I can't think of the right word on the spot, but, um, like just really, I want to do these workouts because I want to do them, not because I feel like I have to. Uh, but once the season starts and I get more into that mode of training and, uh, just, you know, being a lot more intentional about that part, it'll, it will probably end up happening naturally. Uh, at least for a while until cruel jewel. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to, (laughs) Like I thought about run, I thought about trying to run one mile the day after, uh, my hundred miler. And it was just like, there was no way it was happening. Um, my feet were in so much pain. Uh, the, like my body could have done it. Uh, had I been able to do something about just the, the pain in the, uh, soles of my feet, uh, on the bottoms of my feet. Uh, that was the thing that it, it was just hard to walk. It was hard to stand. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if, maybe once I, uh, you know, maybe if I can start doing these things quicker and being on my feet uh, for less amount of time, uh, maybe that won't be so bad. But, yeah. All right. Uh, Mummy Page says, what are your strategies during long runs to settle your stomach? Uh, I feel nauseous at 25 miles and then high from Australia. Awesome. Well, hey, Page. Uh, yeah. The thing about uh, stomach feeling nauseous at 25 miles is that's not uncommon. Uh, what I would say is um, I don't have all of the answers here. <laughs> because I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, it's hit or miss for me. Like sometimes I, like I've been able to do 50 milers where I never feel my stomach was never upset the whole time. Uh, I've been able to do hundred milers where my stomach was never upset the whole time. I think a lot of it has to do with pace. Um, but it doesn't always have to do with pace. Uh, my first two hundreds were much slower. They were, really tough ones, grindstone and run rabbit run. So they were closer to 34 hours. And so I was doing a totally different pace. There was tons of hiking. Uh, we just be hiking up mountains for hours, uh, at a time. And so the pace was quite a bit different. I was able to eat a lot more. Uh, and I think that helped, uh, some of my other hundreds where I was running a little bit quicker or just more running in general, I had more problems with my stomach. Uh, So I am with you. I haven't figured it out. Um, What I would say is that uh, I think you need to, you need to keep eating and keep drinking. Uh, If you are not eating or drinking for long stretches of time, that I know for a fact does mess up my stomach. Uh, If, if it's like, if I go for a couple hours without eating a whole lot and then I try to start eating again, it just like, it doesn't like that. So I would say just be consistent with whatever you're doing. Uh, definitely if you're doing an ultra and you're going like 50 to a hundred miles, uh, mix in some real food that helps a lot. Uh, but 
for the most part, just keep things simple uh, and try to stay on a try to stay on a schedule yeah, or try to stay consistent. That's what I would say. All right, uh, Posner says, hey, Ryan, any chance you would do a video series on ultras for beginners? I'm a newbie looking to do my first 50K in 2021. Uh, nice. That's a good idea. Um, that'd be interesting. Uh, let me know, like, what sort of stuff would you have questions about? Um, yeah, that, that could be really cool. Uh, it's... Yeah, that's a really good question. My brain is like just turning, so that's why <laughs> that's why I probably look like I'm frozen right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe I could do that. Uh, definitely, let me know. Uh, just put like if you think about them later, come back to this video and put questions in the comments. Uh, let me know, or join the Discord server and uh, put your put your questions in there and let me know. That's been really fun, actually. Uh, if you guys don't know what Discord is. Uh, it's, it's like a website. I don't even really know what it is, but, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's like a, we have like a server. It's called the, uh, Ryan Clayton YouTube community. And, uh, in my last couple of videos, I've put links to the server in there and you can just get an invite. And once you're in, uh, there's different channels that you can chat on. There's like 200, almost 250 people, I think that are on it right now. And, uh, it's just really cool because it's all people with kind of like a, it's kind of like if you had a big running group uh, and just lots of lots of knowledgeable people on there. You can ask questions. People are really friendly. Uh, so that's a good place to be. So check that out if you uh, are interested. If you don't know what Discord is, just sign up. It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ultra 101 series. That's a good, that's a good idea. There's, okay, a bunch of people want this. Shalene. Kurt wants it, Mummy Page, Posner, Hakiri wants it, everybody. Okay, great. Uh, let's see. Plots33 says, stomach issues are so individual to lots of trial and error during uh, during training runs. I can even have issue on five-mile runs occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's the stomach issues is just, yeah. It's very individual, and it, it some of the times they, it comes out of nowhere. Um, so... It's kind of tough to it's kind of tough to give like a concrete answer on, uh, but I would say that everybody's everybody just needs to uh, uh, practice, 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 and uh, keep race day as similar to your practice as you can. Awesome. Leafy Bean Yoga says, the Discord is super informative. I feel lucky to be able to learn from everyone. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's, yeah, that's really, really cool to hear. Uh, it's like, uh, that's kind of like why, that's why I put it together because I just thought it was, I felt like there was um, so much going on like in the comment sections of all my videos and it was really hard to, uh, it's not like I still am at a point where I'm not like uh, I'm still able to answer almost every question and comment in my uh, on my videos. Uh, but I just felt like there could probably be a lot of value uh, if we created a group. So it's actually kind of blown me away. Like I really thought there'd be like 10 people that signed up, but <laughs> uh, it's 
awesome. Uh, there's a bunch of people. Christy says, do you offer running coaching or recommend any good coaches? Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, I do coach uh, online, one-on-one. -on -one. And um, like right now, I don't have any spots. What I'm looking to do, because I, I have like a, I know how many people I can coach at a certain time. Uh, and uh, what I'm trying to do is look into what it would be like to create uh, like a uh, beginner training plans for different distances. So kind of like what we've been talking about, uh, what, uh, uh, who was it that brought it up? Uh, was it Paige that brought it up or, oh no, it was Posner, Posner too. Uh, kind of like what we, you were talking about, um, just like doing it like a one-on-one -on -one series. So that's kind of like what I thought about doing is just like a training plan for beginners for like 50 K maybe a hundred K hundred mile, 50 mile to you. Um, and then putting those in like PDF format or even like training peaks, uh, has, you can, you can put, um, season training plans up on there. Uh, people can buy. So, uh, yeah. Cause like coaching one-on-one, -on -one, like I love it. It just takes a lot of time. And so I can't have a ton of uh, people because I'm, I'm writing every single workout for every single day, like unique for the, for each of my athletes. Um, so I can only have a small group, but I think that maybe like putting together training plans, uh, that people could, uh, you know, purchase in like PDF form or get on training peaks and purchase them there. And then it just like loads right into your calendar. Uh, that would be pretty awesome. Oh, awesome. Let's see here. Uh, Posner to super chat, $10, uh, just something you put towards beginner one-on-one ultra videos. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Uh, that's really cool. Uh, I don't know why the, uh, there's, there's really, I promise you, there is supposed to be this really cool alert that comes up on the screen, uh, when someone does that. Uh, but it, that's the first time it hasn't worked. Sorry, man. Uh, but anyway, thank you so much. Uh, yes, I will definitely get on this. Uh, I think that's a good idea. I think that's a really good idea. Uh, do you want to try an ultra marathon in tropical country? Uh, Hakurti says, uh, that would be really cool. Um, I've never, I don't do so well in like really hot and humid areas. I do a lot better in, uh, like less humidity and not as hot. I'm like, I'm taller. I'm like six, two. And so I have, uh, I don't know, like the excuse that I use is that I have like more, uh, surface area, uh, so that they can heat up more and, uh, uh, interact with the humidity more. But I don't know if that's actually true. That's just what I tell myself when I'm suffering out there in the Indiana humidity. Uh, but yeah, uh, like my favorite time uh, to run. It's like that really like the early fall, like right when the humidity starts to leave and the temperatures start to cool down just a little bit. Uh, some of those races like beginning of October or like end of September, beginning of October, like that's like prime time to race for me. Sarah O says the discord channel is great. Awesome. And then I would love beginner tips for ultras, especially fueling best practices. Yeah, that's a good idea too. 
um, feeling is like one of those things that's like really, it's really hard for people to not, I, I shouldn't say that it's, it's totally new for people, uh, that are new to ultra marathons, uh, because not many other sporting events, uh, do you need to fuel in the way that you do for ultra marathons? I mean, you kind of like, you kind of have to look more to like through hiking, uh, and like multi-day like stage races, um, adventure racing. Like you kind of have to look more towards that because like even some of the longer, like if you look at like Ironman triathlon, like even the people that are taking like uh, 17, 18 hours to finish those, uh, they're probably not eating very much. Uh, and what they do eat is probably a lot of like gels and bars. Uh, so it's a little bit different than an ultra with like aid stations that are like cooking you food. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you look at like marathons, completely different fueling strategy. Uh, most sporting events that people like grew up playing, like if soccer, basketball, baseball, football, something like that, uh, completely different. So that's kind of one of the things that like I work with my athletes on is just trying to find things that work and put them in practice during training uh, so it's getting gels and finding out which kind of gels you like. Uh, do you like the really sugary kind? Do you like the kind that are not so sugary? Uh, do you like, um, like what flavors do you like? What consistency do you like? And then once you find a brand and a couple flavors, you kind of stick with that. And then we use them for like a 50 K training run or something, see if it worked out. And then we'll use it in a 50 mile race, see if it worked out. And, uh, then, uh, you're kind of like looking at, uh, how your body handles, um, handles the day. Uh, you know, sometimes depending on, uh, depending on, uh, the person we might be shooting for somewhere around like 300 calories, 350 calories. Uh, I tend to think about everything in calories. Um, um, or, you know, if it's a, if it's a much smaller person, maybe less, maybe 150 to 200 calories. So you kind of like just trying to play with that. And it's really just trial and error. And that's why it's really, really hard, uh, to get it right because you don't have many opportunities to, uh, really practice exactly what you need for a hundred miler, uh, because like you you just can't run that many hundred milers. Uh, most people don't want to. Um, but your body just, you can't go out and run a hundred miler every weekend. Uh, some people probably could or do, uh, but it's just, it's not something that people, that most people do during training. So a lot of people will get in, you know, they'll get in like maybe, maybe a 30 mile training run, but then anything longer than that is a race. Usually maybe you do a, a 50 miler or two or a hundred K before you do a hundred miler. Um, and then most people are just shooting for like 100 miler a year. So it's really, really hard to dial in your nutrition because especially if you're only doing one a year, you don't have a whole lot of data to work off of uh, about just like what worked and what didn't. So it's like, it's really, really hard. Uh, and you have to, like you just, you just have to practice it. And then you have to also, another thing that we talk about a lot of times is just being really flexible. And if you go into it expecting one thing and it starts not working, then you just, you have to be able to switch 
And some people do it really well. Some people don't. Um, and, uh, like, I feel like for the most part, I can do that pretty well, but it helps when I have a crew, uh, of people like looking out for me. Uh, so that's also one thing that is like really important during hundred milers is to have a crew, uh, because that would have helped me a lot at no business. Like the more I go back and think about this most recent hundred miler that I did, I'm just like, man, like I really, uh, like I don't regret anything I did. Like it was, it was a great experience doing it alone. And I didn't want to add to the amount of people that were coming to that town and that race. And so I just went by myself, but I was just thinking about those hours from, you know, mile 60 to mile 90 or even mile or even earlier than that, when I started to eat less, like in the middle of the night, uh, had I had a crew, they would have been able to spot that and they would have been able to, uh, just like maybe force me to eat more, uh, to keep things a little bit better on track. And then had I had more calories coming in, I could have been expending them a little bit better, uh, or more. I could have been running a little bit faster throughout the rest of the race. Um, so it's just like that kind of thing is like, you know, this year, 2020, I got one shot to learn about how my body reacts, uh, to those miles 60 through a hundred one shot this whole year. And so it's really hard to, it's really hard to train for that. Uh, now if I was doing five or 600 milers a year, it'd be a lot different, but most people don't. So yeah, man, uh, it's just tough. Oh, what's up? Justin does triathlons here. Happy Tuesday, man. Good to see ya. Uh, Justin has a YouTube channel, uh, that, um, a lot of you will probably like, so go check him out. Um, oh yeah, we didn't even talk about this. Uh, uh, Curdy says, did you see Killian? Yeah. And there's been like so much, there's been, I mean, I don't know. So if you guys don't know what this is, Killian Jornet, uh, probably greatest mountain runner alive, uh, maybe ever. Uh, he did this thing where he was going to try and break the 24-hour track record. So you just run on a track for 24 hours. You see how many miles you can run, kilometers, in his case. Uh, and he dropped out after like 10 hours uh, because of a knee pain. I think it was like 10. Uh, and it was, people were so disappointed to the point where they were getting mad. <laughs> uh, online. And it just like, it really, it really brought out a lot of different sides of people. People started, people started really like getting negative on him about not being prepared. And did he just do this for sponsor money and all this stuff? And it was just like, I don't like, I don't know anything about the backstory, but I do know that like, I've actually, you know, I've, I've been in the presence of greatness uh, in that same type of situation when I was with, uh, when I was filming Camille Heron at Western States. And I watched her uh, make that same decision uh, at mile like 55 because she had a pain um, in her hip. And she could still run. She could still kick my butt. Uh, and she probably could have got maybe 20th place at Western States. But she 
has a career on the line. And so she was having a pain in her hip and she didn't really know exactly what it was, but she knew that she was, uh, the decision she had to make was to drop out. And then she went to a doctor and they got it worked out. And then like a month or two later, uh, she, uh, she won a race, uh, 24 hour, uh, world championships in France. So I don't like personally, I think Killian did what was right for him. Uh, whether or not there was a lot of like, whether or not he was ready for it, that's his, that's, that's his thing. Um, I would have loved to see him break the 24 hour record on a track. Um, but is what it is. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, a lot of people think it was a publicity stunt. I don't think it was, I think he was really going for it. I think an athlete of his caliber and his mindset, there's no way that he's going to do something, uh, at half effort. So, uh, yeah, my opinion is he just, he had, he had some bad luck and that's all. Uh, just Jason says, thanks for the ultra videos. Thank you, dude. Uh, Shalene and Kurt Klein says, got to head out. Been lurking in the background. Keep up the content. Awesome. Thank you. See you guys later. Uh, let's see here. Graham Angus, uh, have you thought about doing sp specific personal running challenges outside of official races on your channel along the lines of Ricky Gates, every single street or Transamerica? Um, no, I really haven't. I guess the only thing that I've done um, similar to that, like uh, in the spring I did like the Aravipa did a thing where it was uh, run 100 miles in a week. Uh, and then I did a solo 50 miler, but I haven't done anything like, like a project specifically like that. Um, but that'd be kind of cool. I had some, and eventually I will do this. Uh, but I was thinking about going for a FKT on this, uh, 50 mile trail here in Southern Indiana. It's like, I believe it's the longest, uh, trail in Indiana. Uh, it's called the Knobstone trail and it's about 50 miles. And the FKT is like several years old, like no one ever attempts it because it's a 50 mile trail. Um, not a whole lot of people that could or would want to do that. It's also a really hard trail. Um, but I've always just had that kind of in the back of my head to do something like that. Uh, so maybe after cruel jewel next year, maybe next summer. No, not in the summer. That would be miserable in the summer. Um, best time to do it would be early spring, but I'll be training for cruel jewel. So, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe that would be good training, trying to do an FKT. That would actually probably be really good training. Try and do the Knobstone Trail. Yeah, that would be cool. Oh, and Robert, you just asked that. <laughs> Any FKT attempts for you next year? Uh, I swear I didn't see your question. Uh, but yeah, that would be, that would be kind of interesting to try and do that before Cruel Jewel, like maybe like April or something. Oh, but we'll see. Um, yeah. 
Plot 33 says the 24 hour record is crazy. Going to be epic. If or when that gets broken, Zach Bitter is going to do it at Desert Solstice in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's, I mean, if he's on his A game, he'll break it again. I mean, that that guy is just absolutely incredible. Um, and Samuel Long says, hi, what's up? So, all right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna start wrapping this up. Um, it's been a fun one. Lots of good questions, lots of good uh, topics. Uh, got me thinking on a few things, uh, things that maybe I should, maybe I should try to do. Um, as far as like video, uh, video ideas, uh, series, maybe FKT got me thinking about that again. <laughs> Great. Thanks guys. <laughs> uh, no, but thank you again, uh, to everyone that joined. Uh, I wanted to see if there was any, uh, let's see if there was any new channel members, um, this week. I'll, I'll shout you guys out, uh, if, if there are, um, Uh, yeah, it looks like, it looks like there are any new ones in this past week. Um, but, uh, yeah, if you want to, uh, if you want to support the channel, uh, there's a join button down below. Um, that would be, that would mean a lot to me. It's kind of, it's basically the same thing as Patreon. Um, but it's just through YouTube. So it's a lot simpler, a lot easier for everybody. Uh, also once we hit, 10,000 subscribers. I am going to uh, have some merch available, so that'll be fun. And that will be able to show up right below the videos. Uh, like in the, like right below the videos. On a lot of people's YouTube, you see like t-shirts and stuff that you can buy underneath their videos. So that'll happen at 10,000. Uh, but first I need to design them and uh, design a new logo. Uh, so I've been working pretty hard on that. Uh, and that's that's pretty tough, like coming up with something that I'm like really going to be happy with. Uh, and it's not going to be like, I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. And that's really hard, uh, to make something that you like, but is also really, really simple. Cause I could make something really complex and it could be really cool. And we'll probably, I probably will do that, uh, for certain like shirt designs and stuff, but just like a simple logo, uh, I have an idea in my head and I've been working in illustrator quite a bit and kind of talking to some other people about it, bouncing some ideas off and it's going to happen. Uh, as soon as we hit, as soon as we hit 10,000, that'll, that stuff will start rolling out. Okay. A couple, couple more questions and they'll be done here. So if you have any, if you have any burning questions, put them in the chat. Uh, I found you through researching run rabbit run hundred. How does that stack up <coughs> to your other ultra races? So that one, um, oh, run rabbit run 100. Let's see if I can actually see if this will be better. There we go. This, uh, buckle right here. This is my favorite. Uh, this is my favorite race I've ever done. Run rabbit run 100. Uh, it is, it was like just, it was epic out in Colorado. Uh, got, um, um, let's see. Yeah, it was, it's like maybe two and a half, three hours, maybe west of Denver, Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Um, my good buddy, Matt came out and paced me, uh, for 50 miles, which was awesome. Uh, I just had a lot of really good times out there with him. Um, but yeah, it was just 
epic course, really like beautiful mountains. Um, yeah, really good race. Uh, absolutely loved it. Um, as far as toughness, it was right up there with, I mean, it's a hard rock qualifier, so it's really hard. <laughs> I think it was like 23,000 feet of gain. Um, so you're doing a lot of climbing, a lot of descending. The last, like the last six miles of the course are downhill. Uh, so it's really fast for everyone that can still run at that point. <laughs> but it's also the year I did it, it was also 108 miles, which was a big surprise. Uh, it was advertised as 102. And the year I did it, which was 2000. Um, I think it was 2018. Uh, they took away some road, like dirt road sections, and added some single track sections. And they said it wasn't going to change the distance, but everyone I talked to, their GPS watch said 108 miles. And there was a lot of people that were missing the last couple cutoffs uh, because of that. Uh, because when you're when you're uh, bumping up against cutoffs, you're running, um, you know, 20 minute miles, 25 minute miles. Uh, so you're basically hiking. And if the course is long by six extra miles, like that can be like, that can be like two hours. So people were missing cutoffs a lot towards the end of that race. Um, but I think they got all that straightened out and I think they changed the course again after that year. And it's now back to its 102 miles. Um, but yeah, Epic, epic course. Great race if you can get out and do it. Uh, let's see here. Oh, awesome. Michael Powell says that uh, he signed up for his first 50K. Sweet. Good job, man. Uh, thanks for the shout-out. Um, and then, yeah, Jackson County 50-50. Um, sorry if you are signed up for that, man. Um yeah, that was sad when it got canceled, but it was going to be tough for them to pull it off anyway because they weren't allowed to use the start-finish area that they normally use. Uh, definitely sign up for it next year because it's a great race. Uh, the start-finish is at a, a lodge, and you can go inside. Like They have the whole, whole lodge uh, they have for just the race. So it's like there's an upstairs and a downstairs, and you have like your – you can section off a – couple chairs and corner of the room to be like your aid station and it's 10 mile loop so you come back to the lodge like four times during the race and it's just a really really good really good race good people run it uh but this year they weren't going to be allowed to use that lodge because of covid and so they had to use a different aid station as the start finish and it was just kind of it was kind of going to be a mess honestly because i know that section and it's just it it would have been really tough to pull off and having everybody be outside uh, in what looks like it's going to be like 30 degree weather on that weekend. That would have been a really, really tough race uh, to pull off from a runner's perspective or a volunteer's perspective. All right. Sarah O says, thank you for the great conversation tonight. Thank you, Sarah. Good questions. Thank you for joining. Um, Hakiri says, keep up the good content. Awesome. Chuck says, did you take a look at Mountain Mist 50K on... Uh, yeah, I did. And I think it's really far away from me, so I 
like I'm trying to not do as much traveling, um, but it looks like a looks like an awesome race. I think maybe you commented uh, about it on a video recently, but yeah, I did look it up, and it was like I think it's like seven or eight hours away from me, so it would be it would be kind of a long long way to go, unless I was looking at the wrong website or something. Yeah, Michael uh, still gonna run it solo, sending good vibes. Awesome. Good luck, man. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome uh, being out there solo. Um, the trails should be decent to follow, even if they're not marked. Definitely have the GPX file on your phone or your watch, something like that. So, all right, guys. Well, that's it uh, for me tonight. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, you know, I love like interviewing and talking to people on the show, but I also really love just these. Uh, question and answer, uh, just kind of like hangout times. Uh, I just think it's this thing's really, really fun. So thank you all for joining. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, like I said at the beginning of this, if you want to check out the video version, check out the link uh, in the description. And also uh, come join us next Tuesday night at 9 o'clock Eastern. Uh, if you're awake then, if you're in the right uh, I guess if the right time zone, uh, for that to happen, uh, I think most people in the U S could probably tune in. Uh, and then there was actually somebody was watching from Hong Kong, which was, I think maybe the farthest away, uh, possible from Indiana. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe I should look at a map and figure out where actually the farthest point on the planet is away from where I am. That would be really interesting. I wonder if there's a website that you can go and uh, like type in your GPS location and see what the farthest point on earth away from you is. I don't know. That would be fun. Anyway, thank you all for joining. Uh, if you're liking this uh, podcast, go ahead and, uh, you know, find me on Twitter, run, run RC. There's still some guy out there that has Ryan Clayton uh, Twitter handle that hasn't made a single tweet ever. And, He's got like three people to follow him. So I don't know. Uh, hopefully, like maybe one day I'll be able to get that handle. But for now, it's just run, run, RC. Uh, but yeah. All right. That's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for joining. I will talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.